Hallelujah. Welcome to the church. Amen. So check this out. If I could tell you anything, all right, I could tell you a lot of things. I'm always telling you a lot of things, right? But if I could tell you anything, one of the most important things, not one, the only thing that matters, the most important thing, the one thing that everything comes from, everything should be underneath. The thing that is over all things is that God himself, all right, God, the Lord Almighty, the Most High, sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, in the flesh, all right, to live among mankind, all right, and and to give her his life, offer his life as a ransom, all right, for for, for our life, for, for the sin, the payment, all right, for the sin that we have separated ourselves from God with. Jesus Christ gave his life, on the cross, he died, he was buried. Three days, he was in the grave. And on the third day, he got up, amen? And he stayed up, amen? Praise the Lord. There ain't nothing more important than that, all right? And to add to the story, because it doesn't end there, all right? He's the only one who's coming for us, man. There ain't nobody else coming for you, man. There ain't nobody else coming for you, man. Come on, man. I don't know what you're waiting for. Like, ain't nobody coming for you but him, man. Just him, amen. Praise the Lord. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. What about you? All right? I, I, I've given the, the, the greatest moment in my life when I recognize that I actually, he has made me his, and I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right? He's the only one that's coming for me. He's the only one that's coming for you. And what he told us to be about, all right, what he told us, who's us, the church, his church, what he told us to be about, all right, until he returns is simply this right here. Matthew 28, 18. Father, this is your word. It ain't ours. You've given it to us to lead us, Lord God. Help us to submit underneath your word. Matthew 28, 18 says this. And Jesus came And he said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, go therefore, all right, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This this go, he says, is, is more of a as you're going, as you're about your day, while you're going day to day, every day, make disciples, or he says, of all nations, of all kinds of people, not just, you know, we often look at this and say, well, I got to go overseas. He says all kinds of people. That means your kind of people too. Make disciples, not just about of the people on the other side of the ocean, but how about the people on the other side of the couch? All right. Make disciples of, of the people on the other side of your front door. Amen. That's what he said to do. Baptizing them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The crazy thing is, we stop right there. We'll read the rest, all right? But we'll leave the rest to somebody else who we think we can do it, they they can do it best. Oh, that all rhymed. (laughs) We'll read the rest, but we'll leave the rest to somebody who we think can do it best. Woo, poet didn't know it. Check it out. (laughs) All right, but he goes on. And where he goes on is your responsibility and my responsibility as a disciple of Jesus Christ. He says, teaching them. 
I'm not a teacher. Check this out. Teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. Show them how. Show them how to do everything that I told you to do. And you're like, well, that's a lot. Well, it begins pretty easy. Love the Lord your God with everything about you. Can you show somebody how to do that? Come on, man. I can't hear anybody right now. Can you show somebody how to do that? Amen. I knew I shouldn't have wore this thick shirt. I told Debbie, man. Oh, it looks good. <laughs> it's freaking hot. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, it wasn't the F word, but it was a supplement of the F word, and I don't do that. Anyways, Jesus, uh, anyways, what are you guys getting on me for, man? You know what I mean? Just calm down, all right? Just calm down. Help me out here, all right? Check this out. Teaching them, all right, to obey. How, show them basically how to love God with everything you are. And then he goes further and how to love others the way Jesus loved you. You remember that? It's pretty simple. It is pretty simple. I mean, if you're loving Jesus, what does it look like for you to just show somebody what that looks like, man? If you're loving others with the love of Jesus, What does it look like for you to show somebody what that looks like, man? He says to go and make disciples, all right? And look look what he says. And then he has another part that we kind of just write off as like, you know, kind of a signing off of the letter, but there's more to it. He says, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. He says, I want you, he says, this whole word behold, this word behold, he says, I want you to look and see and know that I am with you the whole time that you're going to be about this. I'm going to be with you the whole time you're going to be about this, even until it's done. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Is that happening in your life right now? Is this happening in your life right now? All of this on purpose, with purpose. Are you, are you, check this out, here's some crazy questions, all right, are you being discipled right now, all right, Uh, who is discipling you, are you being discipled right now, all right, are are you a disciple, Uh, are you being discipled in Jesus Christ, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ, and are you discipling others to Jesus Christ, this is a big deal, because look at, I'll give you this right here, a disciple, uh, a discipler to Jesus Christ, what he told us to do, must be a disciple of Jesus Christ, who is being discipled in Jesus Christ, does that phrase describe you. Think about that. And I know a lot of you are questioning, okay, well, wait, 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 wait. Can we clear the air? You know, I heard the disciples this, or disciples this, or disciples this, because there's a lot of Christians today that don't think they have to be disciples. Wait a second, how's that? Here, let me just kind of open up the word disciple. What is a disciple? I'm going to share a phrase, and I'm going to have both the, uh, you know, the, the technical, basic sense of the word, and also our context. Here's the phrase. A disciple in the basic sense of the word is a student a learner, an apprentice, a practitioner, all right? Someone who's putting it all, all that stuff that they're learning, putting it to work, okay? That's a disciple. Now, in our context, a disciple in the basic sense of the word here is a student of Jesus Christ, is a learner of Jesus, an apprentice of Jesus, a practitioner of Jesus, who's putting it all, everything Jesus taught to work, amen? Amen? Come on, this is a disciple. 
This is what we mean by the word disciple. This is a word we're going to resurrect. In the Bible, you'll see the word Christian three times, all right? A couple of times used in a derogatory sense and one time actually used in a very encouraging sense. The word disciple to describe me and you is used over 290 times in the New Testament. We just don't use it enough. We forget that it's an important word, man. <laughs> All right, and so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna t- tap into this for the next couple of years. All right, until Jesus comes back. Amen. Praise the Lord. I love the way John Tyson he simplifies it. Discipleship is for someone to think, to live, and to love like Jesus. And in its working, and when it's working, it's actually a person who's leading others to follow Jesus, all right? It's leading people who will follow Jesus, uh, who, who will be followers of Jesus, who lead others to be followers of Jesus, who lead others to be followers of Jesus. How many times have you ever heard somebody say, you know what, I tried the whole church thing, man, it just didn't work for me. How many times you ever heard somebody say, I tried the whole Jesus thing. It just didn't pan out for me, man. It works for you. Good for you. I'm glad it works for you. It doesn't work for me. All right? Jesus wasn't, isn't here to work for you. Amen? We got that, flip, that script flipped. We're here to serve Almighty God. Jesus came here to serve us and, and empower us to serve others for his glory. Amen? When somebody tells me they tried the whole church thing, first of all, I'm thinking, how do you try God? How do you try God? I want to try the creator of my existence. You know, how do you do that? All right? Uh, you know, when, and then I, I it just didn't work for them. Well, my question is, well, why not? What, what didn't work? What's not working? When you think about it, I see that, you know, in most cases, no one is discipling them Well, in every case, either no one is discipling them or they're just choosing not to be discipled. Either no one is discipling them or they're just not choosing to be discipled. We see a lot of high-jumping crooked walkers in the church. A lot of high-jumping crooked walkers. In other words, you've seen these men and women, all right? And I've been one of the men. They get so excited of the truth that they found in Christ, and they jump for the sky, and we're all amazed. Woo, they're really excited about Jesus. Look at this man. They really love the Lord. And when they hit the ground, they just don't know how to walk. They start walking crooked, and they're all over the place. Next thing you know, they're gone. What happened? What happened, man? We're amazed at how high they jump and we start tripping on how crooked they walk when they hit the ground when, when no, none of us are actually reaching in to disciple that person, to show them how to walk every day. That is the work of a discipler, to show them how to walk this out every every day. I remember when I first prayed, all right, there were three times in my life where I, well, four times when I prayed, one time was the cops were after me, another time, three times, all right, in my life when I prayed that were really significant. And the first time, I always tell you guys about my, my when, when, God, when I gave my life to Christ in that jail cell, well, there were two other times that were pretty significant in my life where I actually prayed and God reached to me. The first time I started praying, I didn't want to pray, but I found myself praying. The first time I started praying, I didn't want to ask him to forgive my sins, but I found myself asking him to forgive my sins truly. 
The first time I started praying and I didn't want to pray and didn't want to pray, yeah, I asked for forgiveness of sins, but did it all. I started crying. I didn't want to cry, but I started crying. And I was around a bunch of men. I couldn't believe that this was happening. And I remember getting up from that place and it looked like the paint on the walls changed colors. It was brighter in the room. I felt like I was being rained on and I didn't feel like my feet were even touching the ground when I was walking away. I was, there was a presence of God that I can't explain anymore. Yeah, it was way more intense than that. And I'm sorry for, you know, it's a lot of times I share these stories and they're very, very intense. It's just how it happened. I'm not, you know, if those you know, moments don't happen for you, it doesn't mean God isn't, he works with you different than he's gonna work with me. He needs to get my attention. You know what I mean? That's what he needs to do. Some of you, he's already got it. Hey man, we'll just have a conversation. No problem having you want some coffee? Yeah, no problem. Me, he's like, all this freaked out stuff has to happen. And uh, okay, I got you. And I jumped real high. But I didn't walk straight at all, man. Because I didn't have anybody to disciple me. Nobody came along and said, let me just show you what's happening here. I actually went to prison just a few uh, months after that. And then I had all kinds of people wanting to disciple this young man. In a whole different life. Another time I prayed... All right, and I started praying, and I started, my prayers, you know, God started reaching me in these prayers, and it was just, but my prayers were, were, were consumed with I. I got this. I can do this. I know I'm going to make it. All right, God, thank you for taking care of me. I'm going to go and do this now, and you know what? Within, within a couple of weeks, I read my Bible for two weeks, and then it got replaced with, with drugs and alcohol, and, 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 just, and I lost my Bible. I didn't ask anybody to disciple me then. The third time I prayed, I said, God, I don't want to leave this place. I was in jail. And I said, God, just leave me here. Because, you know, if I'm going to talk, this is the only place I'll talk to you. I don't want to go anywhere. Keep me here. But Lord, would you please send me somebody to help me understand this? And he sent his Holy Spirit. That was amazing. But then he started just showing me guys who were actually reading. And I'm like, man, can you tell me? And I started asking, can you tell me? I didn't, I didn't know how to ask him to disciple me, but I knew that it was important that I need somebody to lead me in this. Right? This, this is never meant. You're, the scriptures were written to a community of believers. And it was never meant for you and I to go it alone. I don't need church. I don't need the church. I don't need anything. I got a Bible. I could talk to God on my own. Yeah, you can. Good luck with that. One guy tried it, he got swallowed by a fish. Okay? Let's take that. Somebody said, you know what, you really believe all that? Yeah, well, how did he survive in that fish? I don't know, when I get to heaven, I'll ask him. Well, what if he's not in heaven? Well, then you could ask him. All right? So, <laughs> praise the Lord. <laughs> mm-hmm. We were meant to walk this alone. And I prayed and I asked God for a family of believers. If I saw this family, I want this family. And you know what? God brought my family, a whole family, and praise the Lord. Amen. 26 years later, I'm still asking God for men to come along. Who can lead me more, Lord God? I'm 26 years later, and I'm still looking for men. I don't care if they're younger or older than me or my age. All right, I need men to help me make it easier for, to make it easier for me to know Jesus. I need men in my life that are going to help me grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ. It never stops. 
you see? I was, I was serving in the church for seven years and then for 15 years, I, was, I became a pastor for 15 years and then within that 22 years, all right, after that 22 years, I found a man who actually was gonna teach me how to pray. His name was Danny Morales. All right, this man became a spiritual father in my life. I've been walking with the Lord hardcore for over 22 years. And here comes this man and I recognize just watching him pray one time, I'm like, man, I don't... I need to know how to pray. We're not going to get this whipped, guys. It's no wonder that so many come and go through the church. It's no wonder, you know, that, that we're seeing them jump so high and walk so crooked. No one's discipling them. Or they're refusing to be discipled. You see, the structure and the process he gave his church to follow is simple. We just discovered it a couple of months ago, all right, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, all right, he says this, and he gave leaders in the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, he gave leadership in the church, all right, but their job is to equip you guys, the saints, the church, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until all of us are like Jesus. Until we attain that unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to that mature man, to the measure and stature of fullness of Christ. Why? So that, big so that right here. This is a huge so that because this, without this so that, we're seeing people jump high and walk crooked and just walk away so that we may no longer be children that are tossed back and forth, all right, by all kinds of waves, carried about by all kinds of different teachings, all right, by, by human coming craftiness and then deceitful schemes. Rather, we're speaking the truth in love. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ you recognize that's a, you can't do that by yourself. We need to be discipled. Every one of us here need to know that we're being discipled so that we can know that we're a disciple and so that we can know how to disciple. Growing up in every way into him who's the head, from which the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped. When it's working properly like this, it grows, it builds itself up in love. This is the church that Jesus died for. This is the church that he rose again and sent his Holy Spirit to fill. Disciples, discipling one another, reaching outside to disciple more disciples of Jesus Christ. I mean, this is the proper, this is how it works. This is how it works, man. I mean, if somebody came to you and said, man, I just bought this killer car. I read all the reviews. It's the hottest thing out there. This thing, the performance is off the hook. You know, I read all these reviews about how it's just smashing all the competition. He goes, but for some reason, it's not working for me. 
And you, as you're talking to them, you start to realize that, that you hear, you start to realize that as you're talking to them, that every time they're getting ready to go somewhere and they don't know if they have enough gas to get there, they've been putting a little water in the tank just to get that, that gauge up. You're like, what? It doesn't work like that. You can't mix water and gas. All right, gas is what produces the fire. Water is what puts the fire out, right? How are you going to... Do you see where we're going, man? Come on, you smart. You're intelligent. This is how it works. We got to stop watering down the fire that has been planted in each of your hearts upon receiving the death the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of sins. He's placed a fire in each of our hearts when we do that. We gotta stop putting it out, man. You see, when we focus on making disciples first, instead of like, oh, we're gonna go do this, oh, we're gonna go do this, oh, we're gonna do this, there's a lot of good things we can be doing, all right? But this is what he said to do first. First, because when we do this first, all the good things coming out of it are explosive for his glory. And when we decide, uh, when we focus on making disciples first, the churches that will be planted from this churches will not be what other people might expect. All right, more killer services and all this fun stuff. No, they're going to be an all-out assault, all right, on campaign, advancing all over enemy territory. All right, the churches that will be planted from a disciple-making church, all right, are going to be a base of operations, all right, where the work of equipping one another in prayer, all right, and, and the preaching and teaching of the word, all right, is preparing mighty men and women for the next assault. Anybody here? Is anybody here? Yeah. Woo! This is what I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, man. This is what we're talking about. Praise the Lord. A discipler to Jesus Christ must be a disciple of Jesus Christ who is also being discipled in Jesus Christ. You see, this is why we're going to take an intentional walk together through the book of Luke. We're, this is not only an intro to the, to the book of Luke, the Luke, this gospel called Luke, all right? Uh, this is an intro to our, to, our, to, our, to our year and hopefully to this life in Christ. We're going to be taking this intentional walk together through this book in the Bible that's simply called Luke. Others have called it the Gospel according to Luke. Uh, some uh, call it you know, the Book of Luke. Um, but in the Scriptures, it's simply called Luke. I love Luke. I love this, this Gospel. It's actually one of my favorite Gospels. The reason I love it so much is because uh, it speaks in such plain language. All the Gospels are equally important and equally necessary in understanding Jesus Christ. 
But I love Luke. The, the first four verses we're going to open up tonight, the first four today, whatever time it is, uh, the first four verses are, are spoken very, very eloquently and put very, very, you know, just very structured, very, very, you know, like scholarly. But after that verse four, verse four, the rest of the verses are said to be written in the language of the streets. You see, well, well the, the, the gospel according to Matthew was, was intentionally written for everyone, but, 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 but more directly to the Jew. The gospel according to uh, Mark, all right, was written for everyone, but intentionally was sent to the Romans. The gospel of John, all right, was written to everyone, but, 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 but piquing our interest in the understanding that Jesus Christ is God. And it's a very, very important book. But the Gospel of Luke, the only book in the scriptures that was written by a non-Jew, all right, a guy who was a doctor, who, who dealt with people on a face-to-face basis consistently in care and love and healing, wrote this book. He, in the Gospel of Luke, we're going to find out that he speaks more to, about more to and of women and children more to and of the, the, uh, 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 the social outcast, the common everyday man and woman of the street. And it's written in the language of the street. I love in the gospel of Luke, you see Jesus Christ, you know, praying more. You see more references of him being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you hear more stories that you're not gonna hear in any of the other gospels. I like to call the gospel of Luke the gospel for the rest of us. This is what I like. I mean, maybe I've oversimplified it. I'm sure, I'll get some theologians mad, but who cares? All right, so why Luke? We just gone through Ephesians. Why Luke? I think it's important that we need to know that we know Jesus Christ. Amen? All right, and if we're going to make disciples of Jesus, then we should know that we too are disciples of Jesus and who Jesus is. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, sermon's almost over, and we're going to open up our text in Luke, okay? <laughs> so, praise the Lord. In the book of Luke, Luke chapter 1. Now, I want to challenge you um, through this series to slowly read through Luke. You guys could read through Luke, you know, uh, you know through lunch, over lunch. Uh, go ahead and do that if you want. I mean, that's not a problem, but I want you to come back and, and to move with us through this series. Today, we're reading Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Now, it's merely the introduction to the gospel of Luke. It's merely the introduction, but it's a very important introduction, and you'll see why. All right, Father, we just praise you, and we thank you, Lord God, for this narrative, and we just thank you for this, uh, that we even have this. Guide us, Lord God, for your glory in Jesus' name. Luke. Chapter 1, verse 1. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative, here's Luke starting his gospel. And I love the way he, he starts this. He, you know, he, he starts this just kind of very, very together, very, very comprehensive. All right, inasmuch as, as many have undertaken to compile a narrative. In other words, there's a lot of people talking about what's going on. You see, Jesus rising from the grave was front page news at this moment. 
It was front page news. It was all over the place. You have all kinds of historians from that period that have wrote about this resurrection and about these crazy men and women who are just running around telling everybody about it, whether they live or die about it, for it. He says, uh, many have undertaken to compile a narrative for the things that have been accomplished among us, all right? And just, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, a lot of people who saw what took place, who saw the miracles Jesus did, who were interacting with Jesus, the human Jesus, who was fully human, fully God, all right, who saw the crucifixion, who people, over 500 people, who saw the resurrected Jesus, eyewitnesses. He says, as many of you know, have done all that, tried to put all this stuff together, he says, it seemed good to me also having followed things closely for some time past to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. Now, a lot of, you know, just to kind of share a little, because there's a mystery. Who's Theophilus? What's he doing right here? You know, it's thought that he's talking to, you know, a friend of his that is, you know, a Roman friend that is kind of, uh, you know, maybe an elite guy, kind of, you know, one of those upper guys. But, but it's cool because the word Theophilus actually means friend of God. So he could be talking to all of us, right? Mm -hmm. He says, all kinds of people, man, have been trying to, have been putting stuff down and there's pieces here, pieces there, pieces there. He thought, it seemed good to me to go out and gather all the facts. Luke is a doctor. He works based on facts. He speaks very factual. You'll see this throughout the book that we're gonna go through here. And he says, it seemed good to me to go out and, 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 to, and to interview even Mary, the mother of Jesus. Interview even the, the, you know, the apostles that were walking with Jesus. Interview some of the people that may have, maybe that have been healed by Jesus. And to write this stuff down. Inspired by God's Holy Spirit to do exactly this. Why? Here it is. This is the big one right here. Number four. So that you may have certainty concerning the things that you've been taught. How many of you have certainty concerning the things that you've been taught about Jesus? How many of you have taken the time to acquaint yourself with the scriptures that God has given us? How many of you have taken the time to allow men and women to disciple you in this area, to gain a better understanding how many of you have taken the time to sit there by yourself and just pray into the word of God and allow God to, to, to speak to you on another level, all right? How many of you have taken the time to lead others to be certain of the things that they've been taught? This is discipleship. This is the central thing that Jesus told the church to be about until he comes back. Here's what I know, man. That everyone is, you know, everyone here right now, everyone here is looking how to approach Christ. We're looking how to get closer to Jesus, all right? What have you found out so far? How do you know that you can know Jesus? And can you do it apart from the word of God? I mean, there's, there's, there's a level of knowledge and knowing God. That, yeah, but, but, but we can know him more intimately because he gave us his word so that we can. For most of us, we know how 
to walk to the cross, right? We know how to walk to the cross and pray and thank God for the cross, right? We know how to get excited about the resurrection, right? We know how to get excited, but let me ask you this question. Do you know how to walk with his cross? Do you, you know, and, and, and do you know how to live in the power of his resurrection? Do you, are we there? Come on, man. This, this is where I think it's time for us to move into this, guys, together. Amen? To learn how to walk with his cross and, you know, enduring the sufferings of his, you know, the, you know, of his shame, all right, and walking, therefore, in the power of his resurrection, not my strength, not how well I can be uh, equip myself in this. There's, there's way more about this than we've been led to believe and understand, at least up till now, all right? And we're not merely calling everyone here to believe, all right, and just walk away, kind of. We're not here to give out heavenly insurance policies, Right? We're, not, we're not here, all right, to just, you know, uh, you know he, didn't, he didn't tell us to go and just get somebody to say this manufactured prayer that you're not going to find in the scriptures, but we can kind of make an argument for it, all right? Get them to say this prayer so they can at least get in before the devil gets them. No, he told us, man, that the devil already has them, all right? But if they would lose their life for his sake, that they would gain life, his life, Amen. He didn't tell us to go make people more like us. That would be crazy. He told us to show them how to be like him. Jesus didn't tell us just to go to church sometimes. He told us to be the church all the time. Amen? So where do we start? Where do we start this, man? Ah, like I, well, like we told you, it's going to be a fight because there's always a fight. And every fight in Christ, alongside Christ, for his glory begins in prayer. And we need to start in prayer. And I know some of you are like, man, come on, I've got prayer. I need more than that. Really? Really? Think about it. The disciples walked with Jesus day and night for three years. And I don't see once where they said, Jesus, teach us how to preach like you preach. Lord, teach us how to seek social justice the way you seek social justice. Teach us how to heal people of their infirmities the way you heal, the way you heal them. Teach us, I don't see, the only thing I've ever seen them ask Jesus to teach them is when they said, Lord, teach us how to pray like you pray. That's what they ask. So when you think you need more than just prayer, all right, prayer, prayer is what brings the more, all right, to go, you know, put aside prayer and just go search for more, you're making a huge mistake. I love what Corey Russell says. He says, prayer doesn't begin with your list, all right, with all your demands or even with all your fears. It begins with connecting with your father, knowing who you're talking to. All right, and knowing who you are that's talking to him. You, right, you leave that up there for a minute. You see, this is where prayer begins 
We begin with a list. We begin with fears. We begin with needs, all right? We need to begin by recognizing who he is, who it is you're talking to. You ever hear somebody say, man, do you even know who you're talking to? You ever tell your kids that? You ever tell your kids, wait, wait, do you even know who you're talking to? All right? Right? Prayer doesn't start with you, man. It starts with him. So we're going to take a while and know that we know him as we travel together through this book called Luke. And there's so many things, so many places he's going to take us. I'm so excited. But please don't depend on every Sunday just being your end-all, be-all. You need to take this, all right? And we need to share this, and it needs to be shared with why? Because a discipler to Jesus must be a disciple of Jesus who is being discipled in Jesus. Amen? So what I want to give you right now, it's January it's the middle of the month, January. You guys start, somebody started the year with resolutions and all that craziness and goals and all that stuff. I want to give you uh, three objectives, not for the year, but for your life. Because if we're the church, then these three objectives are essential to be about what Jesus told us to be about as his church. All right? And we're going to use prayer to lead us in there. The first objective, and this is not groundbreaking, and we already talked about all this, is number one is be discipled. I want you to pray. I want you to ask God, all right, to give you a list of men and women. If you're a man, list for a list of men. If you're a woman, for a list of women. You know, that, 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 who, who might be able to disciple you. Ask God and write their names down. Start praying throughout this week. God, who is there in the church? Who is who I know that, that, that they're, that, and usually you look at someone where their faith is kind of where you want your faith to be someday. And, and they're here. They're sitting right here with you right now. You know some of these people. And, and that this message is going to give you the, the opportunity and the permission to approach them now and say, I've been praying. I, you know, will you take the time to disciple me? And, you know, they might look at you and they might not be like, I don't even know what that means. All right, we're going we're gonna to open this all up this year. And we're going to have all kinds of tools for you guys this year to get this done. We have a discipleship plan that we're going to share with you, all kinds of fun stuff. And it's going to be made available to you. And we're going to teach you how to use it, all kinds of stuff. Approach somebody and just ask them, man, can you decide? And it could just begin. I just need somebody to pray with me every once in a while. And just share with me, how did you understand those scriptures that were shared this weekend? Can you share that with me? What was your and that's simply it is just growing together in the Word of God, in the presence of God, for the glory of God. Number one, I want you to be discipled, and when you find somebody that's going to do that, respect their time. Don't keep them longer than the than they need to because they got things they got to do. 
Number two, I want you to be a disciple. Pray yourself to the word, pray yourself through the word, pray yourself from the word. When you open the scriptures, man, pray in the word. And pray and ask God questions. Ask God questions. I come to God with questions all the time. When I show up, God's like, all right, guys, hold on a second. This guy's back. All right. Um, all right. And I got done, I got tons of questions. Number one, be discipled. We need to be discipled. Number two, we need to know that we are a disciple. And number three, man, make disciples. Not of you. It's real easy to make a disciple of yourself. And it's probably the worst thing you can do. Make disciples of Jesus Christ. Find someone who God is encouraging you to just pray alongside, to just pray in their life or invite them to your table or something. Because a disciple to Jesus must be a disciple of Jesus who is being discipled in Jesus. Amen. Pray that I got a voice for this next service. Hallelujah.